Good evening, friends. This evening I'm speaking with John Rannenberg, uh, trainer extraordinaire, horseman. John, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Beth. I'm doing great, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Oh, thank you so much. As you know, this is all about We Love Arabian Horses, the organization, and uh, you know, whenever I see you, I always get the feeling that no matter what kind of a horse you're you're working with, whether it's a halter horse or a western horse or an English or driving horse, you always can feel the love that you have for your horses. So I think that's one of the things that makes you such a great horseman. Thank you, Beth. Yes, yeah, for sure, John. So, John, uh, let's start, and if you could tell me how and when did you first meet an Arabian horse? Well, I thought about this question a little bit when we spoke earlier, and uh, so I was kind of rolling the tape back. And uh, my first, really my first recollection is interesting because you and I actually have some things in common. Um, really, my first introduction to an Arabian or exposure was in Minnesota, I w- it was in the mid-70s, and I was uh, a young uh, young kid that was horse crazy, and I rode uh, at a barn, and the trainers that were, uh, that headed up the training department were Dick and Ruth Kiesner, <laughs> and so I grew up with Joel and Philip and Jeff and Ginny and and watch that family, and I and I've recently told um, Joel, uh, as well as Ginny, who are still very close friends of mine, that you know his their parents had such an impact on me, and mm-hmm. they were you know they were running a training business, and mm-hmm. I was the kind of ki- I was kind of the kid that really didn't have the means to have a show horse and didn't go to all the big shows or anything that I kind of saw stars in my eyes watching, you know, this go on, but, um, you know, watching Dick and Ruth, um, work the horses and run their business and watching their work ethic and just kind of absorbing everything that they were doing. They were really instrumental into kind of exposing the Arabian. And again, I was a kid that rode, Anything. I, I mean, I rode everything from Shetlands to draft horses. It didn't matter. As long as I could get up on them, um, I would I would ride them. And so I have some really good memories of watching the Kiesner family as a you know as a whole, um, you know, showing their horses and and seeing little bits and pieces of what they were doing with the Arabians. And I really at that time I didn't really know that that was the direction that I was going to go. Looking back, you know, my interests were very were varied. I mean, I did a lot of jumping and, you know, I rode Western and things. So even at a really early age, um, I had a lot of – I rode different disciplines. Mm-hmm. So so that was, that was really kind of how it started. And then um, my mother actually remarried, and uh, we moved from uh, Minneapolis area to Fargo. And I was uh, actually a sophomore in high school, and I was leaving all my friends behind, all my horses and horse friends and so on, and I moved to Fargo and thought, oh, gosh, you know, what's happening to me now? I'm I'm moving to Fargo. And it 
actually was a great place. Um, it was a great time in my life because that's really then where my uh, relationship with the Arabians took off. Um, my new stepfather, Bob Buchanan, uh, knew a very prominent breeder who actually at one point was, I believe, the secretary of, of what is, was then IAHA, George Anderson. George Anderson had a farm in Fargo called Red River Ranch. And so while my, I was in Fargo going through high school, I rode at Red River Ranch and basically, you know, took care of the horses, fed the horses, um, you know, did all the chores and whatever and for free. But my, I guess my pay was that I got to ride. And the other interesting thing is, is that the uh, Red River Ranch was a farm that was very prominent and I would say the maybe the late 50s, 60s, and then 70s. And I found out that uh, uh, their, one of their former trainers that got his start in Fargo, North Dakota, was Jim Tossus. So, so I kind of I remembered seeing pictures of Jim showing horses and so on. So the interesting thing is, Beth, is that when I decided to pursue the horse, you know, career, um, I took some time after I graduated, and I told my parents, I said, look, I want to go and I want to apprentice, and if I don't think it's for me, then I will come home or we'll figure out where I'm going to go to school and we'll go that route. But I really want to see if this is for me. And I feel like I need to just put myself out there and quite frankly, get out of Fargo. (laughs) And so I, as a, as a senior in high school, I had a resume prepared and I sent it to all these trainers who I aspired to um, from Jean LaCroix and Sheila Varian and, the list goes on, but Jim Tossus was certainly one of those names. Mm-hmm. And I, and in my letter to these different trainers, I said, I'm going to be attending my very first U.S. Nationals in 1977 in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I would love to speak with you and, you know, an interview. So it, ironically, and I, yes, I talked with Gene and Sheila and all these different people, and I, actually had some really great offers. People were interested in taking me on as an apprentice. Mm-hmm. But I had a connection with Jim Tossus, and he was just starting his business in Kentucky. And so I went from Fargo directly to Prospect, Kentucky, horse, you know, being in the oh. bluegrass state. And I was just, I was just happy, crazy, you know, that I was doing this. So that's kind of how it started. Wow, that is that's just fantastic. And you know, Jim Tassis is a name that many of us who have been in the in the business for a number of years, decades now, um, remember. But people, um, you know, newer people might not know Jim Tassis. What was the name of that farm that you that he had in Kentucky, John? Well, so he was he had just started a partnership with Jim Brown. And so Jim's, so it, was, it started out as, you know, with Showtime Stables, which was Jim's farm name or, show, or you know, barn name. And then uh, Jim Brown was Paramount 
right. uh, stud farm. Uh-huh. And so Jim Brown was uh, basically new into the business. He had just purchased this big farm in Prospect, Kentucky. So mm-hmm. when I spoke with Jim Tosses, he was kind of painting me this picture of, oh, this, this farm and the horses and Kentucky. And I just, I was like, oh, I'm, yes, you know. And so I packed my bags. Literally, I graduated from high school. My mother put me on an airplane, and I never went home. I I left like days after graduation. I had a big duffel bag. That was it. I had my I basically had my clothes, and that was all I took. And I never went home. I mean, I went home to visit, but I I I left, and that was it. And I it was um, it's been an amazing journey. Your path was set. <laughs> yeah, well, it was certainly on its way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And, you know, John, you are recognized as as a leading trainer, but not just a trainer and a handler, but really as a horseman. And I know you've won a number of awards um, through the Arabian Professional Horsemen's Association and others. What what awards have have you been nominated for and and won through that association? Well, I've been nominated and won the Horseman of the Year, which was really a huge um, honor to win that. I mean, that was um, that was really just a, a great moment um and i've won i've actually won the halter trainer of the year and i've won the hunter show hack trainer uh i think five or six times and so they actually inducted me into the hall of fame so i'm not eligible for that anymore Seriously? but oh my um, God. I know, I know, but uh, so yes, I've been very fortunate in that I've I've wow. had the honor of winning a lot of those awards, and it's a great program, and and it really is uh, a wonderful recognition. Well, you've had an amazing career, John, uh, with, I mean, more national championships than I can't even tell you how many I've I've watched. I mean, I have to say one of my most favorite memories from last year from nationals was you riding. I think you were reserve. Was it reserve in the half Arab? What was it? Yes, in the half Arab uh, country English pleasure. Yes. And the horse was? Double or nothing. Double or nothing. That was, a, that was such a spectacular, spectacular ride. I just like, oh, my gosh. You just, you know, John, you've, you're such a beautiful rider. And every time I see you in the ring, it's just always such a pleasure. But um, so tell us uh a couple of your, if you can, one or two of your most memorable experiences um, through from all of your years that you've been showing Arabian horses. Mm, that's a tough one, <laughs> um, because you know, um, I mean, it's been a long, it's been a long time, and it's looking back, it's almost startling to think, wow, you know, where did the time go? Um, you know, it. it to the younger people out there, I will tell you, time does fly. And right. and when you're young, you, you think, oh, it's fine and everything is good. And then all of a sudden, 10, 20, 30 years pass and you're like, you know, wow. Um, so, and I feel very fortunate and very grateful that I've had really a number of, of wonderful horses in my career 
in multiple divisions. So to single out um, some names, uh, oh, boy, um, certainly I guess we'd have to say, you know, Good Thunder, um, he was uh, just one of those very special individuals that I had the fortunate time having so many years with him and, 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 and took him, you know, he carried me, but then he also carried Mary Kate Matthews and, and he was such a wonderful horse and had such a following. So he was, he was great. Um, a a really uh, pivotal horse in my career early on would be Canadian love who was, who won the purebred English for me, which was very exciting um, another horse, Rahara Moonstorm. I won the I won the uh, Junior Western Pleasure on him, and that, that was, was you know uh, that was a, a a big thing. I mean, I I certainly you know showed Western, but to win that class right. on such a, an amazing athlete who then went on and and not only sired some wonderful horses, but he 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 had a long career with Bob Hart. Right. And and recently just passed at 30, and I was like, oh my God, how can that horse be 30? Um, it seems like almost like yesterday. Um, Elusive Bay was national champion mare. She was a horse that um, you know was very. I think she was actually at the time she was the youngest mare or female to ever go national champion in the open division. She was not eligible for the futurity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, as a two-year-old, she went junior champion and champion merit Scottsdale. And then the next year she came back and um, was national champion mayor at three. So that that's unusual, you know. So that was that was a, a, a great moment for me. And like you say, the, the double or nothing horse um, has been three times national champion. And that was a horse that... Um, I've had since the day he was born. I was very instrumental in helping Linda Musso, uh, you know, get the pregnancy. It took us almost three years to get this mare pregnant. And so it was quite a journey just to get, you know, conception, you know, and then for it to be her first horse to ever have actually bred. And then for him to be such a successful show horse, um, it was that was very exciting. So there's there's been many. There everlasting love who um I actually bred and owned uh, at the time of his first national championship and then he went on he was purchased by the Sheehy family and he went on to win numerous national championships with me and then with their daughter Brooksley. He took her through her whole youth um you know, time and then on into the adult and, and he was, you know, he, he was, in my opinion, he was one of the real great hunters that uh, really established kind of a standard. He was uh, so athletic, so beautiful, sired by Canadian love. Um, so that was really special out of my saddlebred mare that I own. So, you know, like I said, in thinking about, you know, loving the Arabian, I've been so blessed and fortunate that I've had so many in my lifetime that have given me such pleasure and and uh I, I I'm very proud, you know, of the horses and all the different disciplines and so on that I've showed. 
Well, um, again, you you have had such a versatile career, and another part of your career that um, has been very important is the fact that you are also an international judge. You have judged mm-hmm. your large card, and you have judged, I know, internationally. Um, what countries have you all judged in, John? I have judged in Brazil a number of times. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm supposed to judge their nationals, which have been postponed um, to November. So hopefully things will calm down and I'll be able to go to Brazil. That will be my second time judging their nationals. And I've judged many other, you know, I guess they would be considered class A or regional shows in Brazil. Um, I've also judged in Australia and had a wonderful time there. I've judged in, uh, of course, in Canada and also in Ecuador. So the only place that I have not ventured to yet is to judge perhaps in in Europe. And I hope that that one day I will get that opportunity. For sure. And as a judge, you judge both halter and performance. And in performance, I think right now, I feel anyway, that the performance division is is one of the strongest aspects of our breed right now. And, of course, a large part of that, you know, are the amateurs. And if I could ask you, what would be maybe four to five tips that you would give to amateurs to have their best ride possible when they're showing? What, as a judge, what do you look for? What tips can you give amateurs when they're showing? Well, a lot of things come to mind, uh, and something that I say to my amateurs, especially when it's getting close to showtime, and you try to have that 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 talk with them to uh, inspire and to encourage and and to give them really strength um, and and conquering their fears. A lot of you know, different people process the jitters, shall we say, of showing. And sometimes that can get the best of you. And and I think that's totally normal. And I and we all get nervous. I get nervous. I think we all get excited. I think um, I get probably more nervous when I don't think I'm prepared. So I think preparation and Developing that connection with your horse is key because if you go in there, if you enter that arena, um, I, I'm very big on first impression. Um, I, I can size up a horse and rider combination very quickly and, and, and start. And, and even though that maybe the gate isn't shut, I will tell everybody that when you come in that ring and you're showing to me, you know, whether it be me or anybody else, quite frankly, we're looking for a winner. We're looking for that star quality combination of horse and rider, whatever discipline it is. It doesn't matter if it's Western hunter, English, driving, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about the impression that you create and confidence is so important. Um, and, and the, really that comes from um, what you put into it. And having the um, connection with the horse and understanding and and having hopefully uh, a trainer and or instructor who gives you 
the right kind of tools. I, I use that term a lot to my, my riders. I say, I want to give you the tools to the toolbox so that you know how to get this horse to perform to his best ability and understand that if this thing happens, this is what you do. If something else should happen, this is how you handle it. Um, because it's easy, you know, the trainers can sit on the rail and say, oh, you should have done this and you should have done that. And I also say to my riders I, I, when they maybe doubt themselves, because what you're trying to do is build these people up to educate and teach them how to handle these horses. You know, the trainers do it every single day, day after day after day. They spend hours and hours with these horses. And I understand that when the amateurs come in, you know, they hop on the horse and they might have 20, 30 minutes of a ride and maybe they have two rides back to back if they're going to stay over, even just at home. And so I say to them, I said, I, I, I understand, you know, you want it to be perfect. And I understand that sometimes it's not always perfect. And so let me help you, you know, just kind of navigate through this mm-hmm. and, 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 and give them, you know, the, the ideas of, how they should ride, how they should apply pressure or whatever the case may be um, to develop that connection. So, you know, it, it takes, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication. um, It takes a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that helps you or not, but. No, I think, I think it, it does tremendously, John. And I think one of the things that are, are the foundation of, that connection and that relationship is the amount of love and passion that you have for the horse in your heart beginning, you know, the, that initial feeling of love for the breed. Um, th- that's really what is also the, fo- the foundation and um, of, of a person's confidence with their horse. But um, if you could say one thing, if you could describe in a couple of words, mm-hmm. your love, for the Arabian horse, what it has meant to you? Well, I don't know that I can do it in a couple of words, obviously, by the way I go on. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, you know, it's – it it, it really – this is really going to come from the heart. I Like I said, when I thought about this this in particular question, um, I I have to go back to – feeling so grateful and respectful to the breed uh, because it has allowed me to have a wonderful, um, you know, time here in this, in this industry and, and accomplish a lot of goals, allowed me to travel and meet people. And, and just, it's been a, a great, it's been a wonderful time. So in talking about the breed and the horse, no question, you know, the the breed is without a doubt the most beautiful horse I think um, in the world, um, and I'm attracted to the beauty. I'm attracted to the charisma and the personality and the heart of the Arabian. But as a horseman, for me, the versatility of the horse is unique and compared to a lot of other breeds. And so being a guy that likes to ride a lot of different disciplines as well as, you know, show the halter, it's allowed, it's been the horse that has allowed me to be able to expand my abilities and my talents, um, be it 
Halter, Western, English, Hunter, Park, Showhack, you know, yeah. all the different divisions. Um, even I even got to do the celebrity reigning, which I thought, you know, that's not really something that I, I went and did. Um, I remember that. The awesome. working Western, yes. In fact, I have a picture of me doing that, and you're in the background. But but I can remember in the heat of it, I remember thinking, I can see how people get really hooked on this because it was a blast. <laughs> and I, I thought if I had the time um, and the money and whatever, I could really get into this because it was, it was challenging, it was exciting, and it was really fun. And so, you know, so I have to think really the beauty, the heart, and the versatility are the three kind of key components for me that has attracted me and kept me so involved for so many years. Oh, that's so, that, that's so special, John. And I, I, I really get the feeling of, of your gratitude and appreciation for everything that the breed has done for you. So I just really appreciate your you, and I appreciate your time. And, John, if anybody um, wanted to get a hold of you, now you've been with Rohara for how many years have you been with Rohara? 35 Oh, my years. Goodness. So uh, such a, a, a long, wonderful career there, um, not to mention all the great farms you were with before that. But if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? <laughs> I don't know if I should give my phone number or not, but I, I guess I will in today's world. What the heck? Uh, well, I mean, certainly, just contact if, a farmer or, or, or you know, it's you know, um, they can email me. Um, it's very easy. It's just JP Rannenberg at AOL. So it's JP R A N N E N B E R G at AOL.com. Or if we're friends on Facebook, um, certainly you could send me a message there. Um, certainly you can call Rohara um, and, you know, get me through that. But I, you know, I try to be um, very accessible and very open. And, you know, I'm happy to talk to people if they have questions or whatever. You know, this is – I'm at a point in my life and in my career where I really do enjoy helping other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I I am enjoying helping. I call them my ladies, but my the girls that ride uh, with me, the amateur riders. Um, I really have been enjoying making their dreams come true. You know, I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of great times and great successes and wins and so on. And and yes, those are important, and I still want to continue to do those. But I do I'm really enjoy being there for my ladies and helping them achieve their goals and, and their personal dreams and, um, and seeing that glow that they get. And, and so that's, that's part of it. It's giving, you know what, I think it's at the point where I'm in the point where I'm wanting to give back. And, um, and that's a, that's a good place to be. That's a really good place to be. it's a, it, I couldn't agree with you more, and it's such a gift that you have, John, that uh, you can share your knowledge and your experience and that you're willing to do so. And by doing that, you're making people's dreams come true. And I can't think of any greater gift that you could give someone yeah. than to make their dreams come true and to share your love 
with the of the Arabian horse with others. So thank you so much for your time, John. I've appre- I appreciate it so much. I've enjoyed it as always. We always have such good conversations. We do. It's been I, my pleasure. I really look forward to the opportunity the next time we can visit in person. Hopefully, when all of this is behind us, um, we can all get together at some show down the road. And when we do, it'll for sure it'll be a good party, right? <laughs> it sounds great. I look forward to um, getting back and seeing my friends and right. and uh, getting back into the competition and so on. And I I think it's coming. I I, I believe it's coming. We just have to be patient. Right. It's been a tough. It's been a task for a lot of us. That's for sure. Well, until then, take care, and thank you so much, John. Thank you, Beth.